see, we, we call it. So I've, I worked two different companies, and one it was like a change order, potential change order. We call it change order too, but it's also we also call it an OS. So it's like out of scope. And I was like, uh, what? What is an OS? And it took me the longest time to realize, you know, what it was. And it, you're right; it's interesting because overall construction as a industry is is pretty much the same in terms of you have a foundation, you build it up, you have a roof, you have finishes. That aspect of it is the same across the board, typically. But what's different is the small, minute details. And that's where it gets you, you know, because I went from a manufacturing facility to now building a hotel and conference center. And those aren't anything alike. The overall aspect of it's a, a, a basis of, of building, right, is the same. But in terms of everything else, it's completely different. And I think you're on to something definitely with being the new guy from a from a different country of being able to ask questions, but also for someone coming in, you have a, a you have a, a pretty good time period of being the newer guy, right? The younger guy in the industry of being of being able to ask those stupid questions or questions, multiple questions in general general that you might quote unquote have, should know, but you are able to get away with it because you're you're younger, you're newer. Yeah, I mean, even I don't know, get away with it, you. I, I still ask questions like that. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Doesn't, matter, doesn't matter what country. I mean, my boss actually today, vice president of the company, there was an abbreviation. And on a on a call, we said, oh, what does that stand for? And myself and the engineer kind of looked at each other and we we're like, oh, we also don't know. <laughs> it was just, it was, it was just an abbreviation for a drawing that had just been used often. And right. we knew what the drawing was for. We knew what it meant. Yeah. But, but we didn't no, actually we, know what the, the what the three letters stood for. Yeah. Adam, I'm interested to know about what has been the best team you've been a part of? So like we've said before, you went to Australia, worked in the UK, now in the United States. And I'm sure you've had different dynamics per team. I'm sure there's been a lot of experience, inexperience. Uh, and I don't really know how to ask the question, but for me on my project, we're doing really well and we're a young team. Like the, the average age is like 27, right? To be a general contractor. And I'm just, I'm, I'm interested to learn from you what has your team been like? Has it been, you know, youngest age, oldest age? Y'all were close knit group. What are some of the things that y'all did? I'm going to give you two answers. I'm going to give you the most fun and the most highly performing because they're, they're two different answers. Uh, one of the jobs in London, I was probably 25 at the time, and there was four of us that were all around that same mid 20s age, right. and we had a great we had a great time. We used to go to the bar after work. We, yeah, I think we were all single at that point. Yeah, well, the the entertainment was great, and we also worked. We worked pretty well together. I mean, professionally, we worked together. We're at that same stage of our careers where, yeah, we were young. We we knew enough to, you know, we weren't straight out of college. We were sort of four years experience, so right. there's enough, but we we're still very, very much learning. Um, and yeah, I I had a great time with that team. Uh, yeah, there was there was a project manager who was a bit older. There was a like a senior site manager or equivalent of a superintendent. Um, but yeah, the sort of the the core four of us were yeah pretty young. And I mean, we even had a had a graduate level start with us who was even younger um, who fitted straight in. That was that was the most enjoyment from a professional, you know, in in a professional team. Right. Um, the highest performing team I was involved in was a bit later on, and, and it was it was structured a lot differently. And actually, a lot of the things I do today, I learned from that project director. Um, really smart guy. 
uh, yeah, we did things like we had a we had a stand up every morning. So it's it's common practice for the field crew to have their stand up every morning. You know, the foreman uh, addresses their team every morning. Yeah. We would do that with the office stuff. Yeah, and yeah, and it was it was quite a good mix. We had some had some young guys coming through. We had the directors who were pretty experienced, and it was actually pretty staggered the whole way through. There was a team of I'm going to say ten or twelve. And various levels of experience from you know one or two years out of college through to you know, the the 30, 40 year experience guys. What are some of the things you took away? I mean, you mentioned they had a stand up. Um, what are some of the attributes maybe of the team that made it a high performing team? It was the way that the whole team communicated. And I think that was very much driven by the director, but yeah. also, you know, the the other members were open to that. It was, there wasn't ever, that's your problem, you go fix it. It was, all right, we're a team and we communicated really well with the client. We communicated really well with the designers. Um, yeah, and it wasn't wasn't all roses. Not everything went well. There were times when things didn't go well, but it, everybody had that same commitment. We, you know, we worked together. It's actually the, that company I worked for had a lot of little like catchphrases. And some of them were, yeah, cash is king was a big one. Some of them were a little bit catchphrasy, um, but one of them that I remember was bad news early is good news. Mm. So the example of that is, you know, if you know, I'm looking, I'm trying to buy doors, let's say, and I've got these doors and I've ordered them and I don't know where they are. And we're at the point where, you know, doors need to get installed next week and I don't know where they are. I don't know if they're coming. I don't know if I've got the right number, the right size. And I haven't told anybody until today and they're getting installed next week. That's a huge problem. You know, we're yeah, not yeah. we're not handing over that building because these doors could be could be anywhere. They might not even be in the country. Right. If someone tells you that a year ago, hey, I'm really having trouble with this door manufacturer. I've ordered everything. I've placed it. I've checked it, but the guy's not returning my phone calls. Yeah, I don't know where my doors are. Yeah. And you've got a year. It's not a problem at all. Exactly. Someone either you can sort it out or someone can help you. Yeah. The more time, the, the earlier you are on top of these things, the more you can get in front of them. The less of a problem they are. I'm I'm a big fan of that because yeah. that is huge ex, uh, example for our audience, the younger age group. Because I think sometimes we're so fearful to make a mistake, but like you said, if you go to your boss and tell them early and let them know, you're opening that dialogue so they know from the get go. Hey, I'm struggling in this area. You know, like you said, you used the example. I'm not going to repeat it, but it's just like, man, that's a that's a light bulb off in my head because I don't even think about that sometimes. Sometimes I, I do myself, like I write a note down just to, maybe I meant to tell Caleb, but I didn't. And then it comes up a, a week later and the guys are on site and he's like, was that done yet? And I'm like, oh crap, you know, it's my fault. You know, I didn't let him know. And so I like that idea to just let people know. What were you saying, Walker? Well, I was going to say it's Johnny Green said something very similar. We had Johnny on in uh, I think episode eight or nine. Uh, when we first started the podcast, I uh, I was an intern for him when I was in college. So this is a couple of years ago. And, you know, one thing that he said that really stuck was like, he, he said, you know, I, I can't fix indecision, but I can fix a bad decision, right? If you, if you don't make a decision, if, if you have a problem and you don't tell me, I'm not, I, I'm not gonna be able to fix it. But if you decide, if you do something and you mess up, or there's something that comes up, but you tell me about it and we can walk it back and we can redo it. 
or we can problem solve how to fix it. So it's along the same lines of what of what you and Davis were both saying is don't be afraid to make mistakes, right? Don't make the same mistake twice or multiple times. That's a problem in and of itself. But don't be afraid to at least try. I have a little bit of pushback there, though, because it's true, but I'm also the the person to, I want to make sure that everything is in the wall before we cover it up. So, for instance, on my job site now, there's been several instances where we just covered everybody up, whether they've done or not, just because, you know, and so, yes, I agree, but also I think there's a little bit of, man, to me, it's more important to make sure everything gets in the wall. We might miss that inspection date or the schedule date that's in the schedule, but hey, we built the schedule anyway, so we can push it out a week if we want to. But to me, it matters most to get it in the right way the first time instead of having to rip it out. That's just my opinion, though. Yeah, I I think they could both be right. Actually, I got told something very similar when I was, you know, when I was first starting at this this Mm -hmm. big subcontractor, and it was it still to this day. I I think about it. I got told you're never going to get in trouble or get fired for the wrong decision as long as you've thought about it and you have a reason. So as long as, you know, I could go to my bosses, you know, say you messed up really badly, cost, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, maybe, maybe not that much, that, that might've got me in trouble. <laughs> but, but you know, cost your company a lot of money. If I could go to them and say, look, I made this decision, I sent this instruction to this contractor because of A, B, C, D. And, you know, I looked at this and I did this and I did this. Even if you got it wrong, you know, you, you did step one, two, three, and you forgot right. to do step four. At least, yeah, he would have said to me, look, I can see you, you did, you tried, you made these decisions. You know what? The fourth decision you made was the wrong one. You should have you should have done A rather than B. But at least you've put the effort in. The alternative to that is if I just had done something and, you know, wasted this money and had no right. concept as to why I did it, then I would have been in a lot of trouble. But, I yeah, like that. I probably would have got shown the door if I just, just did these things. But as long as you could communicate, I did this because of these reasons. It was like, right, yeah. You're young. Everybody makes mistakes. I mean, that's got nothing to do with being young either. I still make mistakes. As long as you can say why you did that, at least there's like there's the reason, there's the logic, the, the thought process, and then you can move from there. I think that's Walker and I's degree in a nutshell. Our yeah. curriculum at Building Science Program was if you could explain it, you're good. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna be all right then. Yeah, <laughs> we could we could argue tests, right? If we got some of our professors were like, look, if you don't think that I get it, that you should have gotten this answer wrong, then come to me and right. and argue for it. Like explain to me why you think it is what it is. I might not give you that the answer. Like I might not give you it back, but I also might give you it back because maybe you had a good point. I didn't think about that. So as long as you could argue or reason your way through certain answers, they were very open for giving you points back on a test. That's pretty cool, actually. I've never yeah. heard of a, a teacher or professor doing that, but I. We had a ton like that. And so that's going to get me into, uh, I just thought of something else. So my project manager now, he is really, I think he's a really good negotiator. He uses different, I think, tactics. And I think part of being a good project manager, I'm not a project manager, but part of being a good project manager is you have to wear so many different hats. I know superintendent does as well. But to me, the people that the project manager negotiates with me, negotiates with it just blows my mind it is literally an art form and i I love just tuning in listening into some of these calls but adam tell us a little bit about what you've learned from the negotiation negotiation side as a project manager so i this is something i'm I'm still working on this is part of my personal development is 
by yeah, if it's about winning or completing or you know doing the best job for your client, for your your boss, your owner, it's we yeah we win or, or we succeed by getting the job built on time, right? And yeah, as long as everybody's safe and the quality's there and we make some money, then as long as I can finish finish on time, make some money, then I can walk away and and I'll be happy. The client's gonna pat me on the back. I spend a lot of time thinking I could win today, but that doesn't actually step me closer to finishing. Like you could be, you could be hundred percent correct, and the architect, the the safety manager, the yeah, you know, we have residents. They could be could not be further from the correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could call them out. I could I could show them up. I could yeah. You know, this is why you're dumb. This is why I'm smarter. This is why I'm better. But that doesn't actually get me closer to handing over the project. True. So it's what can yeah. Do I need to speak all the time? Do I need to you know win all the time, or what gets me closer to what, what gets the team closer and what gets the project closer? So there might be some things that I really don't want to do, and it's really not my responsibility. And it there's you know in no way should I have to do this or my team or right. someone that works that works with me. We shouldn't have to do this, but if we don't do it, yeah, that might take us one day but it will save four weeks off the schedule. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's interesting you say that because I've learned for with myself, if it's something I, like you said, if it's something I don't want to do, chances are I probably should do it and I should do it quick and soon because it will most likely won't. become a, <laughs> you what? Because you probably won't. Yeah, exactly. Because one, I probably won't. Right. Or two, right. it will become a problem down the road. And I'll it's be human like, I wish I did that when I didn't right. want to do it. Right. And so like you, that's something I've been working on. It's like, I, I don't want to do this. Mm, all right, cool. That's a trigger for me. Let's go work on it. Right. I yeah, think tw- it. Go ahead, Adam. Right, 20, 25 year old Adam. I, you know, I used to send fire emails. I used to show people I was right. And yeah, a lot of the time I might've been right, but it didn't help me. Didn't get me right. any closer. Right. That, you know, that trade partner or that subcontractor that, you know, I told them that they messed everything up. This is all their fault. They didn't then the next you know three weeks later when I needed help, they didn't want to help me. Not gonna help you. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so, that's something I'm I was not very good at when I started and I'm getting better, but I've still got a long way to go. Let's put it that yeah. way. We've yeah, been so I've been going through a, a marriage small group after it's a little Bible study that we've gone through, but there's a curriculum to it and it, you know, it's different stuff each week. But last week we talked about last night about the picking your battle side, right? And so it's been interesting just you know, we've been talking about it yesterday. Now we're talking about it on the podcast. And I have been learning with my wife because Adam, I just got married in December. Where to pick my, thank you. Where to I, pick my battles? Because, you know, like you said, something can get you in the doghouse real quick, <laughs> like really quick. And I've learned that because I'm, I like to think that I'm smart. I'm pretty analytical. Like I, I prepare for something. So whenever I say something, I don't just, I can't just make stuff up. Like I, I find data. I, I use reason a lot. I, that's how I think I am. And so um, sometimes I, I do think I write a lot. I have a problem with that. And so if I always am trying to be that way, especially with my wife, how do you think that ends up a lot? doesn't end well for David. So I've learned in myself, like there's times that I need to bite my tongue and just let it slide. Right. And then the other thing, like you were mentioning communication earlier, I can't tell you how many times like I just thought something and then I get upset maybe with my wife, but then she's like, where are you, where are you coming from? Like, I don't even, you haven't even told me that. Oh, well, I thought I told you that like a week ago. Why, you know, that's my fault for not doing that. And 
how do we apply that into construction? You know, Walker and I joke a lot about us, like we're dating because, you know, we're running a podcast, running a business together. So like we're having to learn more and more about each other. But so many times in construction, you don't go and take that next step and tell that person. You don't over communicate. You you have to be on the other end and under communicate. And then you're really screwing the sub or the person under you or whoever it may be, because you wouldn't take the extra step to just tell them what you were thinking. And in the same way, maybe you go too far with your mouth and maybe you go too far and tell a sub where they're wrong and you run them up and down the street. Right. And so there's little tips and tricks like these that I think really helps our audience because I remember as an intern, Adam, I'm getting long winded here and I'll be quiet, but I remember as an intern, I thought I knew everything and I didn't. And I, I, I had a hard time understanding how to motivate and lead other people. And it wasn't just telling them I'm right all the time, right? I have to actually get to know them. I have to know who the subs are. I have to understand where they're coming from. And sometimes it might be that I just need to sit there and be quiet and listen and let someone else have that, have the answer and not be just me. So. And you know what? I also got married in December. Awesome. What day? uh, December 30th. Oh, okay. Okay. December 17th. We're close. That's awesome, Uh, man. Congratulations. Oh, you've been married for longer than me. I'll get some tips from you. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I can tell you the same thing. There's there's times in my marriage that, yeah, I think that I'm right. And I'm I'm adamant that I'm right. And it, I might be, and sometimes I'm also not. But yeah, it, does, it doesn't go down well if you if you are adamant that you are 100% correct and you don't want to listen. It doesn't matter if it's your marriage, if it's your mates, right. if it's if it's work. It, right. it Yeah, you have to listen to the other side. I get married in July, but I learned that I'm never right. So (laughs) you're wise, wise man, Walker. (laughs) I've already taken that lesson. (laughs) There you go. Adam, as we wind down, we always ask these two questions. My question is if you were to encourage someone into our into our industry, what are some qualities you think they should have? Uh, for me, it's it's, the big one is just effort. Yeah, just try. Good. Like just yeah, it just just turn up. Yeah, it's not about you don't have to be the first in, last out. You don't have to be working 60, 70 hour weeks, but just just try. Like, you know, if people are listening, it means they're probably willing to do a little bit extra. They'll listen yeah. to a podcast, go to a trade show. You know, you don't want to do just your job. You know, we spoke about it. My career, I've bounced around different countries, different roles, different types of projects. That's not by like that's not an accident. It's I've made sure I've put myself in a different location different experiences and that doesn't mean you know you have to change jobs every two years you have to change companies the part of our industry is that you kind of do change jobs like you change projects every between you know maybe six months or you might be on a job for four or five years right but you don't just you know don't just go you know what i'm going to be an estimator and i'm going to estimate schools Mm -hmm. maybe do some estimating maybe do some some site management you know Try some different things. Try some schools. Try some hospitals. Try some stations. Try some high-rise. You know, work on a hotel. Try and do all those different things. And yeah, you know, even on a day-to-day basis, like yeah, you know, it might not be your role to check if the payment's gone through. But I can tell you what your trade partner or your subcontractor wants to know if that payment's coming through. Yes, that's right. That's so right. You, the more the more little bits you can pick up as you go. You know, you then go from. You know, when you're 20 years old and you know, or when you step out of college, you essentially know nothing about the industry. You might be able to design a bridge or concrete beam, but you don't know how the industry works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The more time you spend asking those questions, trying to 
yeah, I'm going to sit on the, the design meeting. Yeah, we, we joked at the start about architects and, yeah, it's us versus them and we're trying to be a team. Why don't you sit on on the design meeting? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you might be an assistant superintendent and it might not be your role, but they're not going to tell you you can't be there if you walk in and right. say, hey, I'm interested and want to be part of the team. Right. Can I please Can I please join them? Yeah, it's an hour out of my day. I'm just going to sit here and listen. And then yeah, you start to pick up some things. You start to hear you know, different phrases, the different sayings, the, the pain points for them. And you can understand what everyone else is going through. That's good. Yeah. You know, fast forward to, you know, if that's what people listening want to be, fast forward to when you're a PM, you now have that, all those different points. That's cool. You know, you set me up perfectly for this next question. You mentioned all the buzzwords. So with all of what you've been through, if you could go back, what would you tell your 20-year-old self? Uh, one, stop arguing with people. Uh, but the other thing that that I would say is that, yeah, this is one thing that, that happened to me is like you're, now that I manage a, a team of people, your manager and your your senior people, they, they know what you're doing. And it's, they might not know day to day, but like they know if you're, if you're good, if you're working hard, like you get rewarded. It's not instant gratification, but yeah, they know. I, I, I had times when, particularly when I was in Australia, I was on projects by myself. I was, I was that engineer. We had a foreman and we had, the, you know, the people in the field and I'd be out there for a week by myself and you know, I'd be working hard and I'd think, God, oh, what am I out here doing? Am I, you know, it was, am I going to get a pay rise? When I'm, how do I get a promotion? Even when I was in London, there'd be times when, you know, the directors wouldn't come for, you know, months on end. Even my direct manager, there'd be times where I wouldn't really see them. And this was before Zoom calls and, you know, there'd be an email here and there, but I might not see them for a month. Right. And I would sort of think like, oh, you know, what? how do I get back in the, in the vision of all these people, you know, you hear these saying, you know, you got to be, you got to be friends with your boss to get promoted. You got to do this. You got to do this. Mm. It's yeah. When you're managing people, you know, if you know what they're doing, you know, if they're working hard, if you're the superintendent, you know, if you've got a couple of assistant supers, you know, which ones you can give tasks to yeah. and you know, if they're going to deliver it or if you know what, I have to be somewhere on Thursday. So this person's, you know, they're going to take a long lunch and they're not going to worry about their job. That's something that you, as a 20, yeah, even up to the point where you, yeah, you might manage one or two people. That's when you start to get it. When you're managing a team and it might be you're managing multiple subcontractors, you can start to see like, oh, I know which one, which one does their thing, which one doesn't do their thing. And you get the reward. You don't get it today. You might not get it tomorrow. You might even not get it at the end of your first year, but two, three, four years down the track, if you're consistently delivering, People notice, and then that's that's when you get the promotion. That's when you get the the pay rise. That's when, when everything starts coming through. That's awesome. That's super good, man, Adam. We truly appreciate you coming on. This was a fantastic podcast. Learned a ton, and I think yeah. anyone listening has a wealth of of knowledge and wisdom that you just shared. So truly appreciate your time uh, and, and just being willing to share with us all your experiences. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me on, and I, I appreciate the podcast too. It's been great. Thanks, Adam. I'll uh, I'll see you guys when you make it up to New York. That's right. That's right.